I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about Blizzard games, and a little bit of Adam Polisky lives in all of our hearts. <laughs> I'm your host, Matthew Rossi. Uh, with me this week is but one amazing co-host, because I, I tried to overthrow this this thing and make it be an entirely me podcast, but she wouldn't let it happen, and she's been here more than I have at this point, so let's give it up for our one, our only, Ann Stickney. Ann, how have you been this weekend? Um, Good, actually. This weekend was pretty good. I got a lot of Dragon Age in, which I probably shouldn't I've been, say. Yeah, we, can't, <laughs> we can't talk about our Dragon Age adventures much, but I've been playing Dragon Age a bit, too. Well, I'm trying, um, to, get, I'm trying to get to level 20 to get to the, the Jaws of Hakan thing that came out, because there's a new thing that's coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Experience the new thing. So, it's yeah, there's just a bunch of that going on. And then, of course, you know, I've been playing Warcraft, too, but not quite as much because i've gotten to the point where everything is kind of leveled where i want it and all i'm doing is just churning out gold you know what i've been doing actually it's funny you said that i have actually been playing warcraft 2 really yes i have been playing on your computer and everything no um i have the playstation disc (gasps) oh you're kidding me wait is this warcraft 2 or 3 uh no it's warcraft 2 oh my gosh yeah it's actually not even Warcraft Two. It's like a it's an adaptation that that they did. Yeah. yeah but I've been playing that. I didn't even know they I, came out with that for PlayStation. Yeah. I knew Three it's, was on PlayStation. No, it's a PlayStation emulator that I have. So I've been playing that, and I've been oh. playing I've been playing original Diablo as well. The original, original Diablo, yeah, Diablo, not Diablo Two, Diablo. And it's really funny because I'm playing it on my joystick. Like I have like a, a Logitech <laughs> controller, so I'm playing it on that. It's just it is messed up. I'm, I'm actually. It's making me want to go and get Diablo three for my for my Xbox. Oh really? Yeah, because I really Diablo. I played Diablo three on the Xbox three hundred and sixty when I had it before they went up to the new one, and it was actually really good. I don't know how it is on the PlayStation. I assume it's just as good there, but they did a really great job of importing it to the place to the Xbox because I had a great time playing it. Oh. So I'm thinking about getting it because they have the Ultimate Edition that has you know everything. It's got all the new stuff, so you know you can play. See, I just don't. I mean, I. 
I don't really have any consoles to speak of. I haven't picked up a console in forever. Everything that I play is pretty much PC. And that's not because I think like, oh, my computer is superior to any gaming console or anything like that. It's because I don't have a television in my room. And even if I did, I don't know where I would put it. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you right now. One of the things I'm noticing is that one of the advantages to having your computer be your gaming console yeah. is that you don't have the situation I have where I have a ton of PlayStation 360 games yeah. and nothing to play them on. PlayStation 360? Whatever, Xbox 360. I'm tired. It's Xbox 360. But okay. The point being, I, you can't play them. Once they move on to a new console, that they didn't, they didn't put in backwards compatibility this time. So all that stuff doesn't play anymore. Oh. I actually went. I went on. I went on Steam and bought um, Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah. On Steam, just so I could play it up here. Oh. Because um, one of the different problems I have is that you know I, I can't really be on my TV playing stuff in, in the middle of the night because people are trying to sleep. And I honestly you know, like my consoles. As far as my consoles go. The ones that I own, I have the box in the attic. And the box in the attic has um, a PlayStation 2, and it has a Super Nintendo, and it has an original NES, including the light gun, and I do have a power pad. <laughs> I'm actually and I just have, have that like, squirreled away. That's just been squirreled away. I think it still works. I don't know. I haven't hooked it up to a television in like forever, but I do have Duck Hunt, and I have Mario Brothers. I, like, I have all the old games and things. Um it was sort of passed down, <laughs> and I've just archived it. <laughs> uh, all I have in the house are I have a the original Xbox and a 360, and the current Xbox in my house, and that's it. I don't have any of the old stuff because I moved a lot. Like I've moved all over the place, and every time I move, everything gets left. Yeah, like, it, it's really funny because I actually I wish I'd still spoke to some of the people that I left stuff with because I had some amazing books that I left behind, but. All right, we should talk about Blizzard games because that is what we do here on the Blizzard Watch podcast. So, first up, if you've got an email you want to send to us, please send us an email at the podcast, just podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Blizzardwatch, all one word. So it's word podcast at blizzardwatch.com. And we would love to get your emails and we'll do our best to answer as many as we can. Um, we do like getting emails. Uh, Sometimes. If you if you send one in and it doesn't get answered that week, was this got asked on the pre-show, so it should get mentioned. Please send it again. We have no yeah, problem with that. Yeah. The the problem is is that we have there's length issues. Like sometimes the show runs long. Um, there's length of email issues. If you can write a short email, that's great because you know we have to read them on the air. And we the longer they we are, we can't read a novella on the air. We apologize. The longer they get, the harder it is to actually get them around to an answer. But you and can ask us about any Blizzard games. It doesn't have to be about lore, and it doesn't have to be about World of Warcraft. We will talk about darn near anything. Yep, we are totally okay. If you want to send in that, that Lost Vikings question that's been killing you for years, send I will, it. I will be on that. <laughs> yes, and we'll answer it for you. It I does will. not matter what the game is uh, either. She she is totally willing, dedicated, no, and willing. Vikings, I will totally like or Blackthorn. I mean, you know, yeah. any of that. Just go ahead. I mean, I'm telling you, Blackthorn needs to come back for Heroes of the Storm. They have got to make that happen. I know. Why is he not a hero already? I don't yeah. understand. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> first, our first question is from Orkchop, who we all know here at this at the show. Um, Orkchop's question was. What's your favorite tier set? What's everyone's favorite tier set? Um, well, it's just me and Anne here today, so Anne, you get to answer first. Um, I am a fan across the board of tier two. 
the, the stuff that's in Blackwing Lair. And yeah. most of that is because that's kind of iconic class-based gear that isn't really tied to a particular zone or anything like that. I think what bothers me with recent tier developments, and they actually, with the, with the stuff that's in Hellfire Citadel, they've kind of addressed this a little bit, but this whole theme that they've had where they tie the tier set to what's going on in the raid, it was good for a little while, and then it got kind of out of hand and a little bit strange, and I really like what they're doing right now and what they did with Tier 2, where it was like they made something that was iconic to the class. And they yeah. designed it around the class. I particularly liked Transcendence because it reminded me of those stained glass cathedral windows. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I, I know people like uh, one of our, our new Holy Paladin columnists, for instance, mm-hmm. absolutely hates Tier 2 Paladin. But that's just because everybody wears it. I have that, I have that set on my yeah. Rogue. And the reason that the Tier 2 Paladin set... <laughs> I have the yeah. leather recolor. <laughs> Yo, yeah, from the, uh, from the undead thing. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, from the undead, the Scourge Invasion event. Yeah. I still have it. I, I transmog to it sometimes just because it confuses people. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I do like Tier 2. I have it. Like, every one of my characters has it. Because yeah. I have a million warriors, so... Yeah. But I think for me, honestly, for, for warriors, which, you know, obviously that's the class I play the most, um, it comes down to a tie between Tier 6 and Tier 10. Yeah. And par- part of that is because they did something really weird with Warrior Tier 6 and Tier 10. Warrior Tier 6 and Tier 10 are the same color. Like, they color match. Remind me really which one well. was 6. Tier 6 is the is the um, Dreadnought. Not Dreadnought. Oh, God. Now I can't remember. Where did it come from? Which raid? Uh, Black Temple. Okay. Onslaught. My God. Yes. Onslaught. Thank you. I know which one you're talking about now. And then <laughs> Tier 10 is from? It's the uh, ICC Ymir Yarwa. Okay. And they're the thing about them is that they're the same basic. For for it, keep in mind, I'm talking about the ten and twenty five man normal mode versions, not the heroic version. The tier twenty the twenty five man heroic version is a dark red, right? On brown, it doesn't it doesn't match. But the uh, others do. The others match um, tier six really well. Like I've used them interchangeably a lot. Those two sets go together. They just kind of yeah. interlock. What, what, the, what you can do with them is that you can take the chest plate. And mm-hmm. the legs from tier ten, and wear them with the tier six shoulders and helm and stuff. And they look like they were meant to go together. Yeah, uh, it just looks like you got better textures because the problem tier six has is the chest and legs have terrible textures. Right. Because remember they didn't know how to do um, like raised armor. Yeah, that's the only thing that I don't like about tier two is that it looks so low res in comparison to what's come out now. Yeah. Like tier tier two um, plate stuff. I mean. Yeah. Like I mentioned the Paladin set. The Paladin set looks fine because it's got a skirt. But the the warrior stuff, the warrior wrath armor, and it's really funny is if you looked at the Heroes of the Storm Barbarian, yeah. one one of the skins they have for her is she's wearing tier two. Yeah. She's wearing the Battle Gear of Wrath. And it looks good on her. It looks because, fantastic. Because it is raised up. It is yeah. not just laying against her skin. It actually looks like armor. And that's I I really would love them to go back through and do a graphical update of do a graphical update of those sets, and make them look like you I know. would like yeah I would love to see a, a redesign of the tier two for like an upcoming tier at some point not not like yeah don't don't go don't back just, do, don't just go back and make everything high res but go in and like redesign it using tier two as kind of like your jumping off point for inspiration. Like, I would like to see what they could do. Like, you know what I was saying with uh, Transcendence, how it's got that kind of stained glass cathedral kind of feel? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so take that stained glass cathedral feel and bump that up into a new priest thing. Let's or there's a rogue that. set, the rogue set from that time. Oh, the, uh, Bloodfang. Yeah, Bloodfang is, I mean, I I love been, it. I, I've never played a rogue, but man, if I was going to play a rogue, that would be the set I'd put it in because that looks amazing. It's beautiful and it's yeah. really understated and it's not flashy and it's very rogue. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. um, uh, yeah, next question is from. Keldrick the Dwarf Monk, and Keldrick's email is, Hello, Watchers. I play a monk out on Emerald Dream, but I'm get much, very much getting fatigued with the class after maining it for all of Mr. Pandaria <laughs> and now all of Warlords of Draenor. I'm in a raiding guild, but only on the, ta- the tablet step of my legendary ring, just because I can't push myself to head into LFR to grab tablets weekly since I really dislike playing my class outside of raids with friends. I've been wanting to switch my main character to my freshly dinged level 100 hunter, which I enjoy far more in PvP, PvE, and role-playing, but I'm worried doing so late, th- this late in the expansion would prevent me from experiencing the legendary quest line from start to finish. I'm just wondering if you would recommend sticking it out with my monk or switching mains to a class I'd much rather play in general. Uh, okay. I'm going to say this first off. It, it kind of depends on what your cla- what your get raid is going to say. Like if, yeah. they're, if they're okay with you switching... Then I would say switch. If you're not have enjoying it, don't do it. Are don't you playing the the other thing you have to ask? Or because it isn't really stated here. Yeah. Are you a tank, a healer, or a DPS? If you're a DPS monk and you want to switch to a DPS hunter, probably not going to be as much of a problem. But if yeah. you're like a tank and you want to go DPS, that's a whole different story altogether. If yeah. you're a healer and you want to go DPS whole different story altogether i would say it's hardest for a tank to go dps yeah because very there's, only, much. there's only two or three tanks at most in most guilds um, how many times did you try to go to dps while you were raiding it wasn't that i was try- i didn't try to go dps i usually was dps and i ended up a tank yeah like i oh, joined well. as dps how many times did i join a guild as dps and end up tanking you joined, you joined the guild as dps and i know you were dps for like a little while but you kept being asked to fill in as a I was, tank because you I knew was, what you were doing was yeah. the thing it was like, <laughs> and they knew that you knew what you were doing so i don't even know how it happened like i remember like one week somebody had to go on vacation or something and so they asked like, can anybody tank i don't even remember who told them i could tank because it wasn't me it was me. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Someone well, they knew who you were, and they knew yeah. that you wrote the warrior column, and they knew that you knew how to tank. Obviously, yeah. you write a column about it. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Somebody asked, "Can you know? Can you tank?" And I went, "All right, yeah, sure." Next thing I know, it's like you know, every tank is gone, and I'm standing in front of Deathwing, going, "Um, <laughs> I I guess I'm the tank." So yeah, uh, split the get. Why, why am I you calling you? To be fair, you were a really good tank. So. <laughs> what I didn't get was like, well, suddenly I was making calls, and I was yep. like, Alec, Alec, you hate me. Why am I making calls? <laughs> and it, it was just messed up. But yeah, to, it, if you're a tank, it is very hard to go DPS because there's only like usually two to three at the most. Yeah. And it's not like it, it, you're down to, is there anyone else who can do it? Whereas with a healer, it's, a li- it's still pretty hard. There might be a little bit more of a give because there's usually more healers than deep than tanks, but it's still not. You, if you're, as Ann pointed out, if you're switching from DPS to DPS, it's a lot easier. I can't think of a guild that would say, you know what? No, we'd like to keep all our melee. You know, don't go ranged no. unless unless they happen to be one of those weird guilds that's are, that's super heavy ranged already. Which and they, doesn't you know, happen a lot. That doesn't. That hasn't been my experience, but you know, I've heard of them. You know, as, much as much as I've heard of unicorns. Yeah, and <laughs> as far as 
as far as, you know, worried about doing this this late in the expansion, it's I don't think that there's going to be a problem with you experiencing the legendary quest line as long as you're doing LFR. You yeah. would need to start doing LFR to get caught up on those steps. I know um, people who are like working multiple characters through it. Yeah. And they're they're still some of those characters are just now hitting 100. But if I'm, it's anything like it was in Mists, I know people who got the cloak 8 times. Yeah. Uh, so and as as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I only raid through LFR. I don't do it anywhere else. I don't have like a pug group or anything that I'm a part of that does any raiding. I've like stepped back from raiding altogether this expansion just to kind of give myself a break and I'm enjoying that break incidentally, but um as somebody who's only doing LFR, I'm already caught up. I'm to the point where I'm waiting for 6.2 to come out. And if I can do that just on LFR, you really shouldn't have that much of a problem catching up. It shouldn't be that bad, I don't think. Ultimately, play what you enjoy. Yeah. You, as, long, as long as it's not going to be an issue for your group, you, I would say play what you enjoy. You're paying money to play a game. Yeah. You don't pay money to do something you don't want to do. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that is the fastest way to burn out. Yeah, really. Absolutely the fastest way to burn out. There's so, like two or three ways to do to, to burn out fast, and that is the fastest. Do let us know how it goes, though. And next time, maybe you'll be emailing us as Keldrick the Dwarf Hunter instead of the Dwarf Monk. Who knows? Or Padu the Monk. Something. Sorry, if you've, if you've never seen that movie, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Tom Hanks did a movie called Mazes and Monsters back in the like, late 70s, early 80s, where they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, and it drove them insane. So before my should, time. <laughs> it was before my time, you know, but you should look it up sometime, because it is pretty hilarious. But anyway, next, the next email is from nobody. He didn't sign it. So uh, whoever you were, I'm sorry you didn't sign it, so I don't know who you were. Hi, Watchers. Am I the only one that's bothered by the fact that Heroes of the Storm is getting so much coverage in events and is still called a beta? Is Blizzard and the industry up to some point keeping the beta tag in their games way too long so it provides an excuse when something is not working? Honestly, I don't think that they're trying to provide an excuse for something not working because Heroes works fine. It's Heroes. more like... I don't know. Why do you think they keep it? Why do you Honestly, think keep it I have no idea. I've, haven't we talked about this? Like, haven't we said multiple times? That I think they like could turn around next week and say, oh, by the way, the game is live now. See, the thing is, is they did this with Hearthstone, too. Yeah. They had Hearthstone and beta for how long? And all they did was flip a switch one yeah. week and said, okay, the game is launched now. It's live. And everybody went, okay, cool. We've been playing it all this time along, you know, all along. It's... And I don't know if that's just a product of the particular genre that it's in, because you wouldn't see that with World of Warcraft. You wouldn't see that with an MMO. But for whatever reason, with the card game, it was okay. And for whatever reason, with the, with the MOBA, it's okay. It, it, I, I don't understand why they do that exactly. I think it's so that they're, they're still... They could still make those sweeping balance changes that they need to make if they feel they need to make them. But they'll do that when it's live too. I mean, yeah, they've never, they've never, yeah, they've never felt shy about making balance changes. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know why they do that exactly. It kind of confuses me too. I don't know if I'm necessarily bothered by it. I'm more puzzled. <laughs> and the thing is, is that they've announced, like the, re- you know, if you if you read our site. Yesterday we covered that they've announced that they're going to have the retail starter pack, and it's you know June second is going to be the launch. Yeah. So that's 
at this point, the game is ready. The game is effectively good to go. And, you They're know, just it's doing been... their last minute sweeping out the last cobwebs or something. I don't know. And uh, why do they call it a beta? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I, I don't know that alpha and beta mean what they used to mean anymore. Yeah. It's, it's been a couple years since they've really had the same kind of force. We, we were talking about this during the Mists of Pandaria beta when they did the, um, the year lock-in with the free beta with you know, right. guaranteed beta. And we talked before how we thought that that was kind of a mistake. But one of the interesting things... You'll that notice happened, they didn't do it again. Oh. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's something I've talked about when I talked about um, currency. The, yeah. the, the WoW token feels like a way to get people to lock in without having them lock in. Right. Because you, you end up spending all this gold on your tokens, and now you've got, you know, you're locked in. You spent all that gold, and it's someone paid for that account. Someone bought that original token, and you know they got their money either way. Probably like plunk down for some game time at some point. It's been I'm dropping. Just, it's been well, dropping. So yeah, and and I'm sitting here. My my gold, the amount of gold I have on my character is slowly going up because yeah. I keep I keep bringing new treasure hunters into the rotation, <laughs> and, and now I've got it to a point where it's like in a single day with my treasure hunters, of which I have I think like five or six now. Um, I, in a single day, just from gold missions, I can pull in like about three thousand gold, just from missions, and that doesn't count like stuff that I get from salvage, stuff that I vendor, stuff that I auction, anything else. That's just from missions, and that's kind of ridiculous. So I've been kind of waiting and seeing how high that'll climb, and I haven't been spending any gold, but I keep thinking I should turn around and turn it on the WoW token. And I know this has like nothing to do with Heroes of the Storm. Oh. We got off topic. I'm yes, sorry. We'll do that. <laughs> to, to get back on topic, you know, as we said, I don't think the beta tag is necessarily no. to give them an excuse for anything because the game is working. It's just labeled. Beta is like a term that they use now that just means we haven't released it yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Like, uh, to, to keep it somewhat on topic, but to talk about, you know, we're, we're going to see how they do it with Overwatch. Right. Like Overwatch is going to come out and we're going to get we're going to have a beta, an alpha and a beta period. Um I've been in Heroes since the alpha. Like it was an alpha, te- technical alpha technical when it Technical alpha. I, yeah. And it was it. it was pretty dang polished. There've been Back I then, have, yeah. yeah. There were like I've played, you know, mainstream release games that like I went to the store and bought that were not as polished as Heroes Technical Alpha was and that was a long time ago was like, for what, Heroes. A year, two years ago about a year but i meant in terms of like how how well developed it was like heroes now is much better than heroes was then and heroes then was good heroes so, then was good i feels like they have an entirely new way of doing this like i think Anne was right to mention hearthstone it feels like they just have this entirely new way to release games where they release them to and a select group they you know? didn't do it with world of warcraft they didn't oh. do it with warlords of Draenor, not with the mmo no. But they did it with Hearthstone, and they did it with Heroes. And I am. I'm, I'm keenly interested in seeing what they do with Overwatch and if it's going to be that same kind of thing. Because, again, we're looking at an entirely different genre. It's like a first-person shooter. It's not an MMO. So how are they? Yeah, well, well, well basically, one of the things about World of Warcraft is it's is kind of got it's got years of expectations built up. Yeah, it does. People expect a beta. They expect it to well, release. Well, they expect it to go a certain way. Ten years of doing the same thing, yeah. <laughs> Whereas they can do what they they can do different things with the newer properties and see what sticks and see what doesn't. But yeah, let's do work on to the next email. This one is from 
uh, Ilaramari, who tells me, helpfully gives me a pronunciation guide. That's great. If you want your name pronounced properly, giving me a pronunciation guide is nice. It's apparently pronounced like calamari, so Ilaramari, um, a feral druid. Alamari. You just say Alamari? Because calamari is, eh, whatever. Okay, Alamari. Well, that's weird. <laughs> Uh, Hunter Feral Druid, Frostmoon US. Uh, good day, Matt, Ann, Alex, and Adam. Uh, will gear from the Apexus vendors be upgraded past item level 675 in patch 7.2? I haven't seen any patch notes from the PTR about it, which 6. is disappointing. 3. What? You said 7.2. You mean 6.2, oh. right? Ah, 6.2. Yes. No, okay. I meant 7.2. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any patch notes from the PTR about it, which is disappointing, given that crafted gear will be upgradable twice more for a total of six times, as far as I know. Hope you can shed some light on this. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I haven't seen anything about this. Yeah, we don't know yet. Um, 6.2, keep in mind this is 6.2. Hit the PTR, what was it, like two, three weeks ago? Yeah, about that. Three weeks ago, something like that. Um, It's still in its early stages. It's nowhere near complete yet. Testing is nowhere near complete yet, as far as I know. Uh, They're still doing raid testing and all of that. This weekend, this past weekend, they actually just opened up LFR for testing for like the first wing of Hellfire Citadel. So they're not, they're not done testing or anything yet. And whether or not we see any changes with the Apexis stuff, I imagine it just hasn't been put in yet. And if you look through the patch notes, there are still sections that aren't quite filled out yet, not completely. And you know, there's more coming. It's just, they haven't gotten it out yet. So I, while right now, no, we don't see anything about that on the PTR. That could change. Yeah, the thing about PTRs is in general is until they like hit some kind of, you know, this will be the final release candidate type thing. You have no idea what they're, they're nowhere near that. <laughs> they're um, still rolling stuff out, so sit tight. Yeah, but in general, um, if they've made the crafted gear upgradable, then I would expect Apexa stuff to also be upgradable. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let it go completely obsolete. That would be you know, kind of silly. Keep in mind that they are bringing in other ways to get gear as well, like the timeless gear that upgrades. Um, yeah. If you do the um, Time Walker dungeons, and they're going to basically have heroic dungeons where you can get better gear as well. I believe that the the time the heroic the the upgraded mythic dungeons. Sorry, mythic dungeons. My apologies. The, the mythic dungeon gear is six eighty to start, yeah. and seven hundred on the possible seven hundred gear on the final boss which would put it up to about the same as LFR gear, I believe. Uh, I think so, somewhere in there. So, so yeah, I would, I would say that they're probably going to bump Apexis up. We just don't know what. Yeah. yeah, we have not heard yet at this time. So, Okay, next email is from Neural Uzad. Wow, Neural Uzad, you, you went for it with that name, man. <laughs> Neural Uzad? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, wow. It's like Nerzul and Kel'Thuzad had a baby, and then they sent us an email. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, level 100 Orc Hunter from Area 52. Of course it's an Orc. <laughs> yes, of course. Orcs will find so many different ways to mess you up with names. Yes. <laughs> uh, dear Blizzard Watchers, I'd like to start by saying thank you. Whenever I'm on hiatus from World of Warcraft, I like to avoid all aspects of the game so I don't catch the fever when I don't want it. Because of that, I missed the birth of your new website and have been playing catch-up the past few weeks. The story of Blizzard Watch was incredibly inspiring to me, and it's convinced me to follow my ambitions of making my own podcast. So thank you, Blizzard Watch. You're an inspiration to us all. Well, thank you. If we had a kazoo, we would totally play it right now. Yeah. But we don't have a kazoo. 
We don't yeah. have a kazoo. That should be like in in next month's budget. We we just need yeah. to you know leave a note with Adam. Kazoos, we need those. Now onto my questions. The first is since I've been away, I've missed quite a bit. The last time I played was patch 6.0, and my main is decked out in mostly Heimel LFR gear. What would be my best way to catch back up when I return next week? Uh, you want to answer that first, and then move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. I would suggest right now just run um, LFR still, like the. Yeah. the BRF has an LFR, and it's you know it's pretty easy to run through it. Depending There's... on your item level, you should be able to jump into Blackrock Foundry. You should be able to d- jump into Foundry LFR with no problems. Yeah. Um, if you're in high mall LFR gear, it really shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, if you're in mostly high mall LFR, that's that's I went from high mall LFR straight to Blackrock Foundry LFR, so I don't think you should have a problem with it. Um, for gear, for gear, that would probably be the best way to do it. And then check and see where you're at with the legendary quest line, because you might still need to do L- or high mall. Yeah, you still need elements from that quest chain. Yeah, but that prob- ring, you- the ring is sweet, and you really want it. <laughs> yeah, plus you get to see the uh, the storyline, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you know, just you know the the easiest way to get weapons and so forth. I've, I noticed for me, the hardest thing is always to get weapons, and usually the end boss tends to have them. And they've done a thing in this exp- this expansion that they never did before, where you can run the end boss, just the end boss. You can just queue up and, and go. And it's just one boss. Yeah, that's really strange to me, but if, if you're trying like... to catch up... Yeah. Go, go ahead, say it. I don't really like that. I don't like how they're splitting it into these wings, and they're releasing the wings, and it's like... Wing 1 has so many bosses in it. Wing 2 has so many bosses on it. And then that last wing is just the final boss. But you have to, with LFR, you have to wait for that final boss to come out. And that seems really silly to me. And I don't know why they're doing it that way. Why are we waiting three weeks for a single boss? It, it, like, logistically speaking, it just feels kind of weird and off that we're waiting that long for one thing. You know what it's, I mean? It's weird because, for me, it's weird because the boss usually has the stuff you want on him. Uh, like, I don't know. I find that kind of bizarre. I, I really felt like it was strange for Black Hand. Even though I, I got Black the- Hand didn't have anything that I want. The only thing that Black Hand had, I think he has a trinket that I'm still looking for. And that's it. Mm. Um, most of the LFR stuff, like, the, there's only so many bosses that actually drop a dagger in these raids. There's, I think, one in... Blackrock Foundry LFR and no, there's two. That's right, there's two. And then I think there's like one or two in High Mall, and that's it. And they were in the earlier wings. Thankfully, I didn't have to wait till the final boss. I had to wait because the two handed weapons are kind of sparse. Plus, yeah. but, but I do I do actually run normal raids too when I'm yeah. playing. So uh, anyway, um, next question. Uh, the second is a bit silly. What do you think is the strongest being in the Blizzard multiverse lore wise? Are Diablo and Sargeras comparable? Could the Overmind fight off Tyrael? What do the experts think? Um, this <laughs> seems like an ad for Gears last of the Storm. Yeah. Well, it seems like we talked about this last week when we were like, kill, or we said kill Jaden. Kill Jaden and Ar- Archimonde would be kind of taken aback by Diablo. Because yeah. Diablo is just like flat out evil. Those guys are so evil, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. We, we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, now, as far as like strongest... See, so the thing is, is that Sargeras is is it's it's this is a it, this is silly. He's right. 
it, this is one of those things like when you get comic book fans together and they're like, Batman could totally beat the Silver Surfer, and it's like, you know, dude, whatever. Um, but Sargeras is a, a member of a race of beings that creates universes. Or is, but Diablo is... Creates the, planets. Oh. He He's an evil guy. He used to create planets and... Well, he didn't create planets. He just fought off the legions of darkness and then decided to turn dark himself. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... The thing is, is that the, the Diablo universe is basically born out of, like, two godlike beings that were once the same godlike being fighting, and then you have the, 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 the things that survived that destruction birthed these new things. It's, it's, they don't really gel the evil at all. stuff, yeah, the evil stuff in Diablo is pretty much, it's like concentrated evil. Yeah. It's well, like it's, the orange juice concentrate of evil. It's not just even that they're too evil, it's just the way that the scope of the two universes is so different. I honestly, yeah. Sargeras wouldn't know what to, like, Sargeras freaked out over the evil stuff he used to run into, which was nothing like, the, you know. That's Diab- what corrupted him, was the yeah. evil that he saw in the Warcraft universe. And the w- evil that's in the Warcraft universe doesn't hold a candle to what exists in Sanctuary. Yeah. And, you know, it, over in the Diablo universe. It's two different, completely different levels. Whether or um, not they could win a fight with each other doesn't even seem to matter compared to, like, how creeped out they would be. I think, yeah, I think Sargeras would just, again, it'd be it'd be a point where it's like, whoa, whoa, dude, okay, there's evil, and then there's the line, and you just jumped over that, wow. It's, not only is this evil, it's pointless. Wow. <laughs> this, there's no purpose to this. It's like, of course there's no purpose to it. <laughs> could the Overmind fight off Tyrael? No. No? Tyrael, so? su- Tyrael Well, so cool. Archangel. What about mortal Tyrael as opposed to Archangel? No, Tyrael has the voice. He's too cool. Okay. Tyrael walks in the room and he goes, what have you done? And, and everybody goes, goes sorry. Yeah. Overmind <laughs> would be like, I, um, I was just, no, all right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I know that's a silly answer, but honestly, this this is this is getting into like you know comic book levels of you know who who wins in a fight, Thor or Superman type stuff. This is true. It it, it comes down to who do you like better, you know. Um, I'm not gonna. I mean, sit you there have to and, look at like Kerrigan commands a swarm. Yeah, but is the swarm really any worse than the Burning Legion? See, honestly, I find I find like the idea of the Warcraft and Starcraft universes. I find those things easier to gauge, easier to put together. Yeah, Diablo, like, not so much. It doesn't quite mesh over. Diablo is just like you know. I remember the first time if you ever played Diablo, like the original Diablo, the first time you go down into Tristan Cathedral and you start noticing there's some creepy, creepy stuff down there. You're like, it's, wow. Yeah. It, it's there's there's lots of just nasty down here. This place could just could we just blow it up? Like honestly. If we're going to combine universes, we need to get some, like, StarCraft Marines in here to just nuclear launch detect it on Sanctuary and just, you know, take out Tristan Cathedral entirely. I'm not, I don't want to go down there. Are you nuts? Just the first few floors, there's, like, walking corpses. This place everywhere. is scary. I think we should just, like, let's just nix the whole go look for the old guy because, let's face it, old guy, hmm, probably better off if we just yeah, that, that dude's not doing well. Based no. on what I've seen... Yeah, based on what I've seen in this place, this yeah, how old is this old guy? Like, yeah. is he long for this world? Is it <laughs> worth it to go down there? <laughs> He'll actually survive. Realistically two more speaking, if we if we pulled him out of there, would he have like another six months or like twenty years? 
actually, it will be about 20 years, I guess, between games. I guess. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I gotta say though, man, I would love to have like you know, I'd love to run like to play Warcraft and have Decker Kane just show up and give me a quest, just in oh. the Decker Kane voice. Wouldn't that be great? Heroes, stay a while and listen. I will. Yes. I'll totally stay a while. Totally, I, give will, me a I will plunk my butt down and I will not move until you're done talking. That kind of stuff. I mean, I love Deckard. Yeah, I would like to see some cross stuff, but I don't. I don't want it to be full on like you know Diablo fights Sargeras or you know the the, the Zerg invades Azeroth type they've stuff. Been, they've been very clear that each of yeah. these universes they are their own separate distinct universes. Like the it's Starcraft is not. Warcraft a in the future. years in the future. That's not how it works. It's like its own separate, distinct universe. I think the best we're going to get for that kind of thing and the place where it should stay is Heroes. Yeah. Because there it's not hurting anything and it's not, you know, it's uh, the, the units are balanced around gameplay rather than actual, like could could Nova, ob- you know, objectively go toe-to-toe with Arthas? Probably not, but you know, hey, it's for the game. We don't care. And it's downright silly. I yeah. like it. Okay, that one pretty much answers that one, or at least if we didn't answer it, at least we ducked it to our, the best of our ability. Someone said, so, "Do you know what would be awesome? Deckard Kane doing Pepperidge Farm commercials," and I totally agree, one hundred percent with that. Heroes, Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> I just, I can hear it the whole thing in my head. See that? That's for me. That's kind of terrifying because. Like I said, I used to live in Rhode Island, and I had a friend who lived in Cape Cod over my yeah. So I used to go visit him. Yeah. One time, I was visiting him on this trip, and I'd been driving for a long time because it's a, it's you know for 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 New England, it's a bit of a drive. It's not you know people in Western states are like, yeah, it took a couple hours in a car, woohoo, big whoop. But for for Rhode Islanders, where you can leave the state in half an hour in any direction, yeah, that that's a bit of a drive. And I had not slept. I still very find long. it very strange that you can leave the state in half an hour in any Rhode, direction. Rhode Island is a postage stamp. Rhode Island should just be a city because it is just not that big. Yeah. But I, I remember getting to his house and I, I don't know what happened. I think the TV was on in the other room and I walked outside and I, as I'm tripping, the Pepperidge Farm guy says, Pepperidge Farm remembers in an incredibly loud voice. Uh-huh. And so for a second, it was like I had a religious moment where the Pepperidge Farm guy saved me from face planting. Wow. I was like, Pepperidge Farm Guy, what do you want? I want you to buy those cookies, man. That's what I always want. Those cookies are good, too. The, the little, I'm just saying. Yeah. Deckard King should ones. totally sell those. Mm, the orange ones are really good. Uh, we should probably move on. <laughs> Last email, which this has actually been a relatively fast show. Yeah. Not having Adam around streamlines the process. No kidding. <laughs> we could I probably take a couple of questions from the chat channel if people wanted to pipe up with thing in there. <laughs> Yeah, I like how he came back just to say that. The Jiminy uh, Cricket voice of evil has piped up in our ears. This <laughs> one is some, um, I think, Allegoros. So I'm going to go with Allegoros, you think? Allegoros? Al- yeah, yeah, sure. Allegoros, uh, U.S. Kalthazad. Watchers, um, in the podcast two weeks ago, someone mentioned that the world of Azeroth would never leave its current post-Kadar state in relation to Anne talking about Stor- uh, Stormwind retaking Strom. My question would be, why not? Blizzard has doubled the staff working on WoW during Mists, and one of the biggest reasons that accounts go inactive between patches is stagnation of content. Since Blizzard wants to speed up you know, X dot X patches, why can't they have a 15 or so person team working on one or two zones that some faction leaders have made a move in, such as Stormwind and Strom, or Darnassus moving on Ashenvale? Use that to put out a new patch every six to eight weeks and encourage you know continuous subscription and rerolls. Your thoughts? Uh, first off, I think you're underestimating just how much work goes into a patch. 
Like, I don't think we're ever going to see a new patch every six to eight weeks. Um, that no. seems that seems crazy. That's every two months. Yeah, that that's not going to happen. Even if the other games can do that, I, World of Warcraft has never ever been that game. No matter how many people, they could double the team again, and I don't think they're going to get patches out every two months. That no, I do not see that. Yeah, um, just because they have more people, it doesn't mean that they have the right people to do the things that need to be done to make that happen, if that makes sense. Um, They may have added to, like, one particular team over another. And the thing is, is, is to create expansions and patches and things like that, you need, like, a particular group of people, a particular department working on particular things and there are only so many people per department and I can guarantee you not every apartment across the board was doubled. (laughs) And Plus, I mean, one of the things that we found out with Cataclysm, one of the lessons of Cataclysm I know Anna's talked about this a lot, is that when you start making changes like that it 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 is like playing Jenga and you pull out something at the base and then the whole thing comes down. And you have to go back through it and go, oh, God, what did we break? Um, what, did, what quest flow do we have to change? What, what quest do we have back in Stormwind that we now have to pull out? What quest do we have, you know, if we're doing, say, say you're doing the, the Darnassus moving on Ashenvale thing, what horde quest do you now have to take out or rebalance or change around? Because they have, there's horde quests in places that the horde didn't used to be. Right. And you now have to, you now have to balance that. To, to use an example, when we did, um, the leveling stream last week, we went to Stone Talon. Oh my and gosh. I'm not even talking about the, like, the story ending, just the, yeah. the changes they made to Storm Talon were so extreme that it's essentially an entirely new zone. It, it bears no resemblance whatsoever to the zone it used to be, which is a good thing in a way because the old zone really was not very exciting and not exactly what I would call a truly entertaining experience by any stretch of the imagination. It's a lot of work. It is. It is much. It's as much work as doing any kind of raid. Right. And it's even more work when you realize that they had to. Th- there's literally dozens of quests that are gone. They're absolutely gone. And here's the other thing about doing stuff like that is that when you go back and you do something that affects you know the one to sixty leveling experience, how many people? What's what's your return going to be on that? How many people are realistically going to go roll a new level one and play through that content? Is that something that you're willing to invest the time in? Or could that time be spent better spent working on current content for the loads of people at max level that you know you already have? Which, which is a better way to use your time? And I think what Blizzard learned from Cataclysm is that perhaps it is better to dedicate that time to the end game content, the stuff that people want to see, the brand new stuff that people want to see with the characters that they've been playing all along, instead of going back to these old zones that, you know, 10, maybe 20% of the player population is going to go roll an alt from level one and play through and appreciate. Especially, like, if you can, you know, one of the things you can do now is if you buy the next expansion, you can boost up to You 90. get a free boost. You get a free yeah. boost. You don't even see that content if you don't. And even if you don't, we're leveling without heirlooms of any kind. And we're barreling stream. through places. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are just zooming through. It's not, we have to stop ourselves 
Yeah. Like and and you know take take it easy. We're playing we're playing two hours a week and yeah. what we're at show number four or something like that. Four or five and we're four like level five, thirty. And I think everybody's like level thirty thirty two somewhere in there. Yep. So and and that's two hours a week. Yeah. That's it. No heirlooms, no nothing. We're being pushed through this content. Faster. The only thing that the only thing that's it, really the only thing that's that's giving us levels faster is the fact that we're getting rested every week. Yeah. And it's just a week's worth. It's not like we're getting, you know, months of rested or anything like that. But it's a full but, rested experience bar. Yeah, it's a full bar and it's yeah. it's we're blazing through. So that's you sit here and you, I mean, we talk about this stuff. One of the, the reasons that they, they did Kata, they did the Rezamp, they themselves talked about all, how all encompassing it became and how much work it was. And as somebody who covered it at the time, players were not receptive. Players See, were not like. I, I thought it was cool. I thought what yeah. they had done was cool. I thought that the idea of updating all of that old experience to reflect the Cataclysm's damage, allow players to fly in Azeroth, because that's the thing. They had to redo all of those maps in order to make flying applicable in Azeroth. Yeah, because there was a lot of kludges. The way Azeroth there was a lot was of like, clipping and things like that, and, you know... Azeroth was designed so it looked good when you were on the ground. Not from the air. From the air, there was holes in everything. <laughs> so yeah. it... It, it it they had to redo all of those maps anyway, the entirety of the Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor for the purposes of making flight capable. So while they were doing that, you know, if they're gonna redesign these maps anyway, if they're gonna redo all this terrain anyway, why not throw in that leveling experience? And I don't think that they expected it to be quite as time intensive as it turned out to be. It turned out to be massively time intensive. It was a but- huge undertaking. And the thing is is that objectively, it's not like they did a bad job. I think they did a great job. That's not the problem. Right. The problem was is that players were like, you know, that's great, but I'm up here. Right. You know, and that's the, that was the biggest problem. Like, a lot of people reacted to Cataclysm. And again, it's that, it's that trade-off aspect. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there were a lot of people who didn't care that they did a lot of great work and they did a lot of story updating. Like, you know, I was, I'm, I'm sure people like Ian and I are kind of not the audience here because we were sitting there going, they updated the Green Dragon Quest! Oh my gosh! Oh, did, this did is you, so cool. Did you yeah. see the thing? Yeah, did, yeah. We're, we're the we're the guys who are like they brought back the Demon Hunter quest. You know, and we're, we're the nerds that think that yeah. all of this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we will sit there for hours and talk to you about and like you debate, know, you know, horde South Barons versus Alliance South Barons and what that looks like and how the two yeah. dovetail together and all this other you know that that's what we do because we're nerds. We're really big nerds. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, not you know, everybody is quite on that level of oh my gosh, you're gigantic dorks as we are. So pe- people who don't read the quest text aren't yeah. going to care. They aren't going like, to. Pre- they don't. They don't. They just want to do their thing. I, I remember when I leveled my Torin. I, I took a Torin Paladin through there, and went into uh, the, went to the North Barrens. And there's a moment where you run into an orc named Mancrick. Yes. And I, I was literally on the floor. Like going, oh my god, he got up. Oh my god, he's fighting stuff again. He's doing things. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's just if you are not an old school horde player, you don't even know who he is. Yeah. And and uh, you know, not to diverge too far from the question at hand here. It's just like I said, things like that where it's like, Oh, Stormwind retaking Strom, yeah, that would be cool if they retook Strom. You know what? They could get away with that. You know why they could get away with that? Because they didn't do anything to Arathi. Yeah, exactly. They, they did like a bare, bare minimum kind of dusted off 
They stuck Galen off in there. the corner to give some horde quests. Yeah, they, they put it. someone in there to give some horde quests, and that was about it. They didn't really do a whole lot to Arathi. So if they wanted to put some kind of higher level event thing going on in Strom, they could do that. The only thing that they have to be cognizant of is that if they do that, they have to deal with the fact that, especially on PvP servers, right, you've got a leveling zone, you know, right to the... Is that east or west? West. Thank you. It, <laughs> to the west, to the north, to the south. You've got these leveling areas. Yeah, if you're, dro- where, if you're dropping lower level... lower level players. There's going to be lower level players in there, and you don't want these players to get ganked or anything like that by the high level people who are one zone over. Take it back strong, like a bunch of big bad you-know-what. You know, it would actually almost work better if we were going to actually do this. What? If we If we borrowed from Mists of Pandaria and made it similar to the Isle of Thunder... Where you took a portal through and you ended up in a different version yep. of Arathi, yep. where there were no lobies around to be destroyed. Yep, that would probably be the easiest way to do it. That's why it, I would like to see it. I would like to see it done that way, where it's like, oh, okay, so you're going through. It's like an instanced area. This is also how I'd like to see them reintroduce Gilneas as a capital city. Is yeah. it's an instanced capital city? You only access it via portal. You don't get to it by flying. Um, it's sort of like. You know, Silver Moon, or or, or the Exodar in that aspect. It could do Gilneas similar to how they've done the the Blasted Lands, that kind of thing. Where, yeah, where you know now they have like Zoradormi and they flip it. If you've done like a certain thing, you now Gilneas flips and you zone into it. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but I, I would almost rather see them do it where it's you know you access it via portal. That's how you get to it, and that way you know. It's just, it's its own city. It's kind of separate. You don't have to worry about anybody ganking any of the Horde players that are leveling to the north or anything. Because it's its own thing. And the Alliance can enjoy it. And all of that beautiful asset art that we only saw in that one little window of leveling through Gilneas is suddenly well, relevant and useful again. Because We were, we were going to see it in a, ba- in a battleground that never materialized. Mm. Yeah. I just I don't yeah. So we had one question in the chat channel that I felt like we should go ahead and talk about. Um go ahead. Here. uh Tech Totem said, I still want to hear from Anne about her Alliance Stone Talent experience. I know she said she felt bad about what she had done, but as Alliance you tried your best to do good and then fail continuously through Cata one to sixty. Did she feel bad when she was playing Horde and doing the same zones, committing all those acts? The thing is, is when you play Stone Talon as as Horde you do feel bad. The you, thing is, you, you, you feel don't blow really up. Bad. Oh. You feel really bad because, like, the, the, the things that, that that bomb, when it's sent out there and it goes off, you're in the middle of helping a couple of Torin who are totally against what's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's when you realize, like, the whole pinnacle of the Horde side, side of that zone is when you realize, oh, hey, Kromgar, yeah, you've gone, like, not one step too far. You just bolted right on over that line, and this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. And then Garrosh shows up and confirms what you just said. So it's like, oh, okay, all right, we aren't a bunch of child murderers. Good. Glad, glad, glad we understand that. What made me feel horrible on Alliance side was that we had spent all this time doing all of this stuff to kind of like try and offset what was going to happen. And it just went and happened anyway. You know, we, yeah, we, went, we saved like a bunch of really beefy children who, who didn't look like children at all, thankfully, because if they had, I think I would have been a, a lot more upset than I was. But 
we didn't save everybody that was down there. We didn't save everybody that was down there at all. And we couldn't do anything but just watch it happen. And it was yeah. it just felt really terrible. So the other thing is, like, one of the things people don't really realize, or it just really doesn't get brought up very much, is that Garage Hellscream is a lot more nuanced of a character in Cataclysm than he became. Yeah, and what I found really interesting was, um, and I mentioned this in an article that I did last week when I was talking about uh, the interview that I had with Alex Af- Afrasiabi. Is that how mm-hmm. you pronounce it? Okay. Let's anyway, it. I want to make sure I'm not messing it up. Um, I was talking to him at BlizzCon, and we were talking about Garrosh, and we were talking about Garrosh's development, and I said specifically that it seemed like in some places he seemed to be going in a different direction. And I mentioned Stone Talon, and he said, yeah, that was my fault. And I said, wait, so you did Stone Talon? He said, yeah, that was me. So he did the Hordeside quest, and he said what happened was that they were waffling between giving Garrosh a redemption arc or taking him down the road that he eventually took. And Mm -hmm. when that zone was being developed, he was under the impression that they were going towards that redemption arc. And then they didn't actually end up going there. So it was just, you know, two people not being on the same page. So that was kind of a glimpse at the garage that we didn't get. It was like he learned a lesson there, but that lesson never quite sunk in. It was interesting, though, because like it's... If you played through that, you basically get an image of the Horde saying, you know, we'll go this far. But we won't go that far. It's Whereas yeah. from the Alliance perspective, you don't see that. No, you don't from the Horde them. perspective, it's very much, it, it, it's, look, we know we're in a war zone. We know that there is war going on, and we are willing to fight people who are going to fight us back. But we don't kill innocents. We don't murder children and women or people that have not signed on to do battle. That's just not who we are. That's not what we do. And that's the impression that you're left with on the Horde side. On the Alliance side, it's just, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you bust your butt and work here. There's no point. All that work that you just did, gone. And you don't get a sense, like, you do not get any sense that the Horde has any limits. No, it's terrible. From the Alliance perspective, the Horde will bomb you. Like, you know, they will bomb women and children. They will destroy everything. They don't care. They must be stopped. And yet you didn't stop them. Yeah, and, and just I'm, move on to the next zone and repeat. Keep and, in and mind that's all the way to sixty. Yeah, keep in mind that like I have played Alliance one to one to sixty after Cataclysm. It's just Stone Town was one of those zones that I never actually got to do. That I never did. I I, I think I leveled that particular level bracket. I was still over in I was I was over in the Eastern Kingdoms. And I was Eastern Kingdoms in, is much more neutral. Like you can level, right. I think from the, yeah, you, can you can go, go you can go down to um you go down to Stranglethorn Vale. That's what yeah. you do. Um and I I started out with my character, I started out and I did um Darkshore in Kalimdor. And I finished all of that and I did Ashenvale, I think, and then I said, you know what? This is kind of depressing. I think I'll move over to the Eastern Kingdoms. So I moved over to the Eastern Kingdoms. And sure enough, Stranglethorn, pretty neutral. Not as depressing at all. And, and I just, I kind of missed that whole Stone Talon window. I did do South Barons on both sides. And it's interesting when you do South Barons as Horde and you do it as Alliance. Because those two stories interlock together and it's an interlock that you don't see unless you play both sides and when you see that interlock it's like oh man this is terrible this is just terrible all around this is like a comedy of errors terrible you know 
They actually um, did that a couple of times. One of the interesting things about Cata, which it's it's yeah. debatable it's debatable what a good idea this was or not, but it's really interesting, is that if you play through Gilneas as a worgen, yeah. and then you play through Stone Stone not Stone Talon, oh my god, Silver, uh, Stor- Pine. Silver Pine. If you play through Silver Pine as Horde, specifically as for, yeah. You, you, not only do you get to see the end, you get to see both sides of the fight over the territory. Because the Forsaken who live there, they're the dead people that used to live there. You know what I mean? Like, to them, this is their home, and they want to reclaim it. To the Gilneans, this is their home, and they want to reclaim it. They want to hang yeah. on to it. They don't want to and, lose it. You know, and it's, and it's interesting, but it's the kind of thing you only would get to see if you played... Both sides. Yeah, and that's not something a lot of people do. Well, especially and I not, think, you I know. think Gilneas in particular, though, the, the thing about Gilneas that bothered me was that you didn't see the resolution to that storyline that was unless you played, Yeah, unless you played the other side. Unless you played the, unless you leveled Horde. Yeah. And that makes no sense to me. It's like you don't just abruptly end a story without finishing it and then throw it on the other faction. You... you give that person that's playing that character at that point in time, you give them the complete experience. Because yeah, otherwise it just doesn't feel right. And that's, It's really that's, bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre because you end up going over to Darnassus and then next thing you know you're in Darkshore. Oh. And it's like, what the heck am I doing here again? Yeah, when all this stuff is going on back home, why, why did I get shoveled off here again? Something about trees, elves, druids something worgen you guys are responsible okay cool um i guess i'll help you out it's not like i have anything better to do now my home is gone you know it it just it felt really incomplete it felt it felt really incomplete and kind of jarring when you played a worgen and it it, uh, to be fair the goblin experience on horde side felt kind of the same way because you get to the end of that goblin leveling experience and thrall's there and he's like yeah that evil guy that we just overthrew the one that was going to sell you into slavery and all that i'm just going to keep him as the leader of the goblins and you're like what What? (laughs) why am i not the leader of the goblins exactly leader or you know my assistant she was really good this whole time why didn't you make her a leader why this guy you're keeping this guy like after he tried to kill us all, you're keeping him. You know, you, know, you are aware that this guy is the worst guy possible, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just it 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 ends like really abrupt, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're in Ashenvale, or not Ashenvale. You're in Ashara, and it's Which, like, you know, well, on the one hand, Ashara is really well designed, but on oh, the other yeah. hand, it makes no sense. On the other hand, yeah, it just makes no sense. It's like also don't ever play a Torin through that zone. Oh no! It's Terrible like, idea. Why am I? Why am I not killing all these goblins again? They're destroying the Earth Mother constantly. <laughs> like, look, this one is actually carving it into the shape of the horde symbol. No, no, everything about this is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, being, we're being requested, however, to wrap it up since. Uh, yeah, we should. So, um, as always, if you have a, an email for us, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. More than happy to look at it and answer it as best we can. You know, we've sometimes we run really long and have to not answer to questions. Tonight, we actually answered every question and had time for one from the uh, from our studio the- audience, as it were. And that was cool, by the way. We'd like to do more of that. I think. Sure. So, um, I guess that's it. Uh, Anne, you have anything to say before we leave? Um, nope. Just email us. Be sure to keep your question emails pretty brief. And if you put your name in there, put in a pronunciation guide because that makes things better. Or we could just mangle your name, whichever you prefer. Anyway, that's <laughs> I, it. 
Really? I am notorious, I am notorious for mangling names. Uh, <laughs> that's the show. If Alex were here, he would tell you, you know, as always, our Patreon. You know, always use you to look at it. And if you haven't already contributed, please do. I don't remember exactly how to get to our Patreon, but you can get to it from the Blizzard Watch site. It's, there's and a link on the main website. You can go to Patreon. Always, you know, anything helps, even a dollar a month. It's www.patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And, yeah, any contribution helps, keeps us running, keeps us going. Um, Also, if you are watching live from the Twitch, or even if you're just listening to this from the convenience of iTunes or whatever, please be aware we do have other streams that we do on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Central. You can check out our Diablo leveling stream. That's Alex, Liz, Dan, and Dawn. On Thursdays in the afternoon, that's 2 p.m. Central, we have our leveling bonanza. Like I said, we just finished Stone Talon. It was kind of an eye-opener. I'm not sure where we're headed next. I guess we'll find out on Thursday. And then on Friday nights at 8 p.m. Central, you can catch Maticus. He streams Hearthstone every week. He's finished with uh, Blackrock Mountain Adventure. So I think this week we're going back to arenas and deck builds and things like that. I don't know. We'll have to tune in and watch him get really, really frustrated. That's it. That's that's the reason to watch, really. Yep. That's why uh, I like watching. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody, uh, and have a good night. Night, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.